Amen. Let's talk to the Lord a moment. How many feels that way today? Lord, I need you. I'm nothing without you. Jesus would say it often. I can do nothing except my Father shows me first. We are sons of God and mirroring that sonship this morning, we realize our need of Jesus. Amen. We want him to speak. Speak through the word today. Let's talk to him. Lord Jesus, here we are your children. We have come to gather in your name. We know you're here among us because your word promised you'd be here. Even if our sense, our senses did not declare it, our faith says the word is true. And we claim the word of promise today for deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. And it matters not how great the storm, we rejoice in the storm because we know that it's in the storm that Jesus, who is in our boat, steps forth on the brow. It is he that then takes control of situations and changes them. May the Jesus inside of us that's in our boat today rise to the challenge of this moment. We'll not drown and we'll not perish. But, oh, God, we will have complete and total victory. We know, Lord, that right here on the other side is deliverance. Lord, as the disciples that day, oh, Father immediately found himself at the land. There was a legion. Demons were cast out and thrown into the pigs, and the pigs drowned. It's a day, Lord, of the casting down of Satan. It's a day of the risings of the sons of God. It's more than just a season that we've turned to. Lord, because we, we're in a moment of time where that you're doing the miraculous. You're fulfilling your word that you promised. And it's not like a season that I end. It's a season that a time that will rapture us. We'll be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. We're looking to the word of promise. Heal your children today. Save the lost. Lord, edify the believer. Build them up in the most holy faith. May we realize, Lord, we're here for such a time as this because we have been anointed to tear Satan's kingdom down. Lord, we are here. and We come and report for duty today. Ask the Holy Spirit will do the work. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God. We take dominion over every demon power, every spirit of the enemy, every cancer, every disease, every, every heart disease, brain disease, stroke, whatever. We take dominion over it, confusion. We take dominion over it, and we cast it down today. We are the sons of the Most High God. We stand on the promise of God's Word today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If y'all remain just a moment, please, and I'm going to let the church be seated, the audience. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, and we want to welcome those that have joined with us online, wherever you are around the world, and, and whether it's today, tomorrow, the next week, whatever, um, it's, it's great to have you to join with us in this moment and this time. The Lord is gracious. See Brother Kenny in church today, and he was headed to church the other day and had a little accident and, and um, accelerator stuck. 
but the Lord stuck with him. Amen. So we have more than an accelerator stuck. Amen. We had a Lord that stuck with him and brought him through that. And we want to thank the Lord. That's uh, twice here in the last little bit. The devil's tried to do something to one of our people like that. But we're claiming on the word of promise that no weapon, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Amen. Good to see you, brother and sister Stanky, today. Great, great to see you in service as well as everybody else that has come. And I enjoyed your song, Brother Robson. Amen. That was wonderful. It ministered to me. Amen. How many likes to see young people serve God? I'll tell you, it blesses my heart too. I, I want to thank everyone for your prayers. Um, we have Sister Karen in church with us today. She was dismissed from the hospital, as you know, on Wednesday. And uh, we returned uh, home, and the hospital called wanting us to return because one of the tests showed a, a mass in her heart. And, um, you know, we had that wonderful service on Wednesday where Brother Timothy preached, and we anointed her with oil, and the saints here gathered around and prayed, and the church prayed. And I took her to the hospital on Thursday, and I did a heart echo I was run on her that was so sure, you know, that they, they were going to have to do something, uh, and they kept, so they actually admitted her in the hospital because we, you know, we're just so sure of what we've already seen, but we're going to run this heart echo, and, and um, well, that evening they had to release us, let us go home because they saw no sign of anything. Amen. Amen. We, we believe that God has answered prayer, and amen, and that he that started the work is going to finish that work. Amen. So she's um, dealt with a little bit of confusion and, and uh, so on like that. We're not sure of all the issues, and, but it really matters not what devil we call it. We know who is the Lord, the Redeemer. Amen. Now, sometimes we only mention a few of those that have been healed by the power of God, and, and uh, so we commonly uh, speak about Sister Lana healed from cancer, and by the way, she just went back for uh, another doctor's report, and, and uh, she had perfect blood work, said don't come back for a year, so she went from six-month checkup to a year, and so God's continuing that victory in her life, and we want to thank God for that. It was an absolute miracle. The doctors themselves said the, the medicine itself would kill her. But, um, you know, we, we serve a God who answers prayer. And uh, so we also speak about Sister Mariah, who was healed of alopecia. And it was an incurable um, disease there that took away her hair. And we saw God come on the scene for that. We had Drew that could not walk, and when the angel of God swept into my house, uh, healing my wife and restoring her eyesight, um, there after a major brain bleed back in 2015, you know, we, we, so we've seen so many things that God has done, and there's been many, many others that have been healed by the power of God. And, uh, you know, we have uh, the Dunn family that has been coming to the church, uh, you know, when some quit during COVID, God raised up some to take their place. So they come and um, they are here in the service. We baptize them. And, 
You know, when um, his mother, uh, when the little uh, sister Shasta got saved, you know, she, uh, something about it just raises your faith to the level of the promise, Lord, if you can save me from sin, you can also heal diseases. And little Luke there was born with 100% hearing loss, can only hear by hearing aid bone conduction. And when his mother got saved, newborn Christian laid her hand on her child in the service. And uh, that week as they were around after that service, the child just took off his hearing aid and said, Mama, I don't need this anymore. I can hear good without it. Amen. So she, he has been healed of his, and that's now marks a year, and he still don't have to wear a hearing aid. Amen. So, you know, he's still healed today. There's Brother Gary Stanky who was dying in the hospital that God miraculously raised up from a death condition there. Brother Ron Spencer, we mentioned, who the Lord sent us to his bedside where he lay brain dead. And uh, they were about to harvest his organs, and God raised him back to health again. How many testimonies could we tell of Brother Kenneth? And amen, is, uh, that, that God has over and over brought deliverance to. And uh, little Judah Oglesby was born with uh, dysfunctional kidneys that God totally healed and restored. And Brother David Dexter, who had a horrible eye disease, and God totally healed and so, you know, there's just been many, many things. It's not just one or two that we mention, but there is a, a merit. In fact, to the matter, I just want to uh, just ask today, how many here that you know that God's healing power has worked in your life and you've been healed by the mighty power of God, maybe not today or this year, but somewhere back in your past, you know you have been healed by the mighty power of God. And would you stand to your feet? <laughs> now take that, devil. Amen. Take that, devil. Amen. Not one, not two, not a few. Now, Anybody that's not sitting, you can stand right now. While I have you on your feet, I want to talk about the salvation of souls and the importance of building up and adding to the experience of our young people. Amen. I think, uh, you know, they, they are a great asset to our church, and we have some real spirit-filled believers that um, are in our young people group that we're so thankful to the Lord for. Um, you know, I, I got compliments from a man on, who messaged me and thinking I was Timothy, really. And he said, I want to compliment you on your, your parenting. said, you have got the two finest boys that I've ever seen. And said, I want my own boy to learn how to work like they do and have the ethics and the respect and the, and the, and the, and the kind of testimony they have. And, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you where you get that. You find that in Jesus. Amen. Amen. You get them filled with the Holy Ghost and God changes lives. And it's really his parenting that does that. Now, Brother Timothy and Brother Andrew Spencer are speaking at a youth camp in Ohio. This hosted by Brother Ray Erickson's church, Brother Wayne Lawson there. And them, uh, there's somebody else organizing it, but it's that church that's hosting it. And there we have close to... 50, I think the number was 47, but close to 50, you know, that have signed up to go. And today I've signed papers on a bus. 
to uh, take them at the cost of close to $8,000. Now, we've never had to do this in this church before because uh, we've hosted the youth camp. But for two, two Easters, we've not been able to have the camp. And uh, due to the COVID situation and some crisis problems the camp had and so on like that, it just made it impossible. We will be having youth camp next year. So keep that in mind over Easter. But, um, you know, we have today people who are not going, grandparents and uncles and aunts and brothers and sisters and friends, and maybe you're not going um, to, to camp yourself, but um, maybe you want to contribute and be a part of this work of evangelism and support the youth um, to go. So, uh, I don't know, the trustees are here already, and they've taken up an offering this morning, so I'm going to do the unusual. I'm, I'm, and if we don't get the, uh, the, the amount today to, to rent that bus or to lease it for the, uh, with the drivers to go to Ohio, if we don't get that money today, I'll take up another offering and, um, in, in another week or two. And, and, uh, but we're going to send these young people to camp. Amen. So, I want you if, you, if you got an extra dollar that you want to donate to someone maybe that can't go, if you're going, well, uh, put your money towards your, your camp fee and whatever else there. And, uh, but we're going to take up an offering, so come on, brothers, right now. As we come, we just ask God to bless it now in Jesus' name. As this offering is taken, we're going to, in the key of C, it's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. What a change in my life. How many believes for changes in lives? Amen. So, well, it's Jesus on the inside, working the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, he's working on the outside. Hallelujah. And oh, what a the Holy Ghost. We're looking to him to reveal himself today. As we sing it one more time, why don't you turn around and shake hands with your neighbor. Now forget COVID fears and flu, whatever, virus, whatever. Just worship God today. Come on. Amen. Well, it's Jesus on the inside. He 
working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Well, it's Jesus on the inside. He's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, it's Jesus on the inside. Working on the outside. can hardly hear you really I, I don't think I'm getting really deaf but I want to sing it one more time and I want you to put everything you got into it and my worship God with me now well it's Jesus on the inside that's better come on Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. And as we, you know, do that, I want to admonish you and remind you every time that we sing and we worship God, I, you parents, you turn and look at your little children, see that they're participating. We're all worshiping. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's one thing for little ones to sleep, but you know, and they're... When they're 10 or 12 years old and they're still sleeping in church, it's bad parenting on your part. Amen. It's not the kid's fault. You, we got a parent problem. Amen. So let's look here at Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Amen. I'm going to, if I make you mad, I'll make you glad. And hallelujah. But we're going to have church today. I'm in rare form today. I'm here to defeat devils. I'm here as an overcomer. I'm here because we're victorious. I'm not here playing church. I'm here because that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I'm not here to lose a battle. I'm here to win a battle. And I'm here to battle, I'll tell you that. Amen. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought in the dragon. And against the dragon, the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God 
and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them, and woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having a great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. Amen. And Sister Abigail, I didn't put this in my notes this morning, but Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, I just feel like reading that down through verse 4, so keep up with me. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince was standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble like we're in, such as never was since there was uh, a nation even to that same time. And at that time, that people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and the book and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. And God bless you as you have your seats. Looking here in this, in this scripture today, taking these thoughts in mind, we're going to be speaking here from, um, as we speak on the people of the book, because we are that people of the book, and the book has been opened by the Lamb today, and it brings us our inheritance. But when we speak it on the battle in two worlds, the battle in two worlds, we're going to be talking about those two worlds here um, as we um, identify them and speak about them. And if you notice that there in our scripture reading, there was a battle that was happening in the heavens. But then Daniel tells us that there was trouble on the earth. So, you know, uh, again, heaven's battles reach down to earth and affects us where we are here upon the earth. Now, so there are two worlds, a natural world that we live in physically and a supernatural world. Now, Adam was a dual-natured individual. He was made to live in two worlds at the same time. Um, animals were created with a body and a spirit, but Adam was created in the image of God, and he had an extra part. He had a body, a spirit, and a soul. And so he was a triune being, and his soul realm allowed him to be in heaven while he was here on the earth. And he ruled the earth not with earthly contact of see, taste, smell, feel, and hear, but he ruled with authority from heaven's realm. And he brought heaven's atmosphere down to earth. This made the garden in which he lived an Eden. It made it a true garden instead of a howling wilderness. Even, even now, that's the way sons of God are to rule is by the word and with the word take preeminence over atmospheres. Now, um, the battle, of course, as you know, is over preeminence. We've took a couple of times on that. 
and, and it is over your position of sonship, and it is a battle. Amen. Amen. I, I showed you last Sunday, and I'm going to review just a moment, but showed you last Sunday when Adam fell that Satan took lordship over man and became the accuser of the brethren. And uh, he was, and of course, he will even accuse you in heaven before God and, and contesting your rights to your position to sit with Christ in dominion. So he's doing everything for, for, to get you to, to keep you from taking dominion, taking authority, using your authority of sonship. Amen. Amen. Now, as, um, as we looked in the book of Job and Job 1 and 6 shows us that when the sons of God appear before God, that Satan appears with them accusing. And also he does it to exercise his, in contrast, um, you know, their rights as sons to stand there. So he's standing there with them and accusing them, contesting their rights of their righteousness toward God. And they're standing with, with God. Are you with me? And so then we know as a tormentor, he walks to and fro, as the Bible says in the next verse, Abigail, that, um, that he, he's going to and fro in the earth from walking up and down it. And so as a tormentor, he walks to and fro and stirs up strife in nations, strife in families, strife in the weather with typhoons and floods and hurricanes and, and destruction of every kind. Insurance wants to call that an act of God. God didn't do that. It come because of the fall. Now, the nature that Adam once controlled, which was uh, even the weather, as Adam, as Brother Bradham would demonstrate, he, he would say to, uh, he would say, oh, that breeze is kind of cool there, Adam, and he'd say, peace be still. And, you know, he controlled, he controlled the whole garden there by the word of God, right? Amen. But now when, when sin entered in, um, you know, that the nature that Adam once controlled now begins to control his thoughts. What is what you ask everybody every day? Uh, you know, uh, hot day, isn't it? You know, how's the weather there? You know, all, everybody talks about weather, right? Amen. Well, at least in Louisiana you do because, you know, you're either freezing or burning. So anyway, um, you know, nature that once controlled now controls his thoughts. It thwarts his efforts. It freezes and burns and brings torments of famine and, and every kind of destruction. And so all of this happens under satanic lordship over mankind and his earthly home. Now, in the, we, we also saw in the book of Zechariah that, that uh, Joshua the high priest appeared before God. This is three in one. Um, and Satan is at his right hand to oppose him or to resist him. So he is there as a tormentor, resisting. Are you with me? So this is his job, is the tormentor to resist you. Every time that you step into God's presence, every time you go to make an appeal before the throne, Satan is there resisting, bringing every thought, every kind of accusation. Come on, telling you your unworthiness. I mean, it begins a battle. 
the moment you go to prayer, the washing comes to mind and something has to be done and the yard's got to be mowed and, you know, the busyness of life and, you know, everything. You'll sit in church and you think, well, I'm in church and uh, there's no battle. No battle. The church is a battleground. You're going to battle to keep your thoughts on God. Amen. You're going to battle to, to, to press through your heaviness, through the darkness, through your feelings. You're going to battle. Every service is a battle. Amen. And so, you know, we found that Jesus was no exception as the first one filled with the Spirit, whom the Spirit would really indwell and, and not simply anoint, but indwell. Jesus, having received his position of sonship, when heaven opened and, and the dove came down and the var, uh, one, the spirit like a dove came down and, and here he, God's voice spoke out and told him, he said, this, you are the son I love. You're the son I love. You remember, this is exactly the same thing happens when anyone gets filled with the Holy Ghost. It is when heaven opens and the Holy Spirit comes down and he says, you're my son. You're my daughter, and God puts a claim on your life. Are you with me? Amen. But then the tempter came in Matthew 4, 3, and it tempts him, comes and accuses him. The first thing that he does after receiving the Spirit of God and that great anointing came upon him to live in him, he said, when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the Son of God. Always questioning authority. Always trying to trying to talk you out of your dominion. Right. Get, trying to get you to lay your weapon down. Amen. You have the word. Come on. Right. But if, you, if, if Satan can get you to disbelieve your weapon, he's got you disarmed. Right. Amen. You've got to stand there with the word. What God said I am. Yes. Not how I feel today. Right. Not, how, not how human I felt and how human I've acted. But who I am, what he said I am. I am who I am because the I am said I am. Now, so you see, again, Jesus had to fight with Satan in order to operate as a son from the heavenly realm. It was, whoa, his position was questioned. And though he was the son of God, his, his dominion only was in recognizing who he was and operating as a son of God with power and authority uh, from his position of sonship in the heavenlies. Notice it was heaven gave him that position. He didn't have that position necessarily on earth with earthly governments. Rome didn't recognize that. Come on. Even the, even the Pharisees, Sadducees, the, the Jews, the Herodians, none of them recognized that. He wasn't recognized at, at the temple, but in heaven. He was recognized as the Son of God. And heaven there, because of that, he had a representation in heaven where that he was ruling there and would take over, take dominion over Satan and his powers right here on the earth. Now, again, the battle was over, would God's word have preeminence or would Satan's doubt have preeminence? And that's where the battle is today. Battle lines are drawn. Which one's going to have preeminence? Now, Jesus, knowing his position, 
He cast out devils by the authority of his sonship. He took the position in the word. He healed the sick by the authority of his sonship. He literally brought heaven's rule to the earth. Is that right? He did not go like a doctor would and do a surgery on a man and remove a tumor. He spoke to it and it left. Is that right? He, he commanded the light to come out of it. The devil in there. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't deal in, in, in the flesh realm. He was dealing in the spirit realm. And I want you to understand that's where your battle is. It's not in the flesh realm. It's in the spirit realm. Now, so Jesus, knowing his position, cast out devils and brought heaven's rule to the earth. And in Matthew 4, 23, he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness and manner, all manner of diseases among, um, among the people. Let me tell you again, we got a lot of teachers in the land today, but very few preachers. To preach the gospel is to bring deliverance, and with that comes healing of sickness and all manner of diseases. And if that ain't happening, then I'll tell you, you're not hearing preaching. You're hearing exhortations of teaching. Now, I mean, you say, well, we teach doctrine. Listen, Jesus' doctrine was different from the Pharisees' doctrine in that that demons heard his word and had to obey him. Never heard we a man speak like this man. Amen. So real preaching there casts Satan out. I'm expecting in every service that I preach for demons to lead people. Doubt and fear and unbelief. Amen. Even false doctrines and things that have tried to hold on to you. So that, and so the revelation come and strike your heart. Amen. Because with the preaching, the word comes a casting out of Satan. I have been anointed as a preacher of the gospel to, to cast Satan's kingdom down. We're tearing it down little by little, brick by brick, stone by stone. But we are overcoming. We'll take another stone or another wall or another piece of wall, but it's all coming down. Satan has no right to us. Amen. Now, in Luke chapter 10, we see Jesus authorized 70 to act by the authority of his position by acting in his name. So, you know, these people weren't even yet saved. The Holy Ghost did not even come. But they could actually act in the authority of Jesus' name. Amen. Just realizing that Jesus had paid the price or that he had given them that authority. Amen. And with his authority using his name, they took dominion over devils. Now, I want you to notice this is, this is uh, where he said in, in verse uh, Luke 10, 17, and the 70 re returned to him again with joy, saying, Lord, even devils are subject unto us through thy name. Amen. Verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falls from heaven. Notice they went out to, to preach the gospel, to cast out devils. This is what he commissioned them to do. And here they come back and said, we've done the job. We saw the devil cast out, and they're rejoicing about it. And he said unto them, he said, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 
So when believers take their position, amen, when they take even the authority of Jesus' name and begin to operate in that authority, hallelujah, amen, these were not even Holy Ghost-filled ones yet. The day of Pentecost hadn't come, but they believed what Jesus told them. If I can get you to believe, nothing will stand before our prayers, not even cancer. That's what the angel told us. That's what he told the prophet of God. Come on. Amen. If the people start believing, hallelujah, I don't care. You might have been just a newborn Christian, just got saved, just like Sister Shasta. Amen, but you got this much right and authority to lay your hands on your deaf child or any other problem and command the devil to go. Hallelujah, it don't take a long history of serving God. It takes one moment of believing. I'll tell you why you're believing. Amen, don't stop the ever devil's defeated. Hallelujah, take a hold of it. That same God that healed you of one thing, healed your son, Luke, of, of a death problem will take away bipolar conditions or any kind of depression or even the, the wickedness of your past make you white as snow. But you've got to believe what God's Word said. And you've got to realize this is what he said about me. Hallelujah. That though my sins were as scarlet, they're now white as snow. Though they were red like crimson, they're white like wool. As far as the east is from the west, I've removed your sins from you. So yeah, Jesus said, I saw a great, a great battle in the spirit. He says, behold, I give you power. Verse 19. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing. Somebody say nothing. Hey, Amen. Whatever you're going through. Put the name there. It's a nothing. Does somebody hear that? It's a nothing. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. But this is war. Turn with me to Ephesians 6.11. Put on the whole armor of God. Why in the world is he dressing you up like a soldier and you're not going to fight? He didn't say, no, I'm making you a Christian and you're going on a picnic and I've given you this land and you're just going to go in there and enjoy the benefits of it. No, he said, you're going to go in there and you're going to chase out the enemy. Hallelujah. God gave you healing, but you're going to chase out the enemy. God gave you salvation, but you're going to chase out the enemy. Amen. You're 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 going to bind together. You're going to believe together. You're going to pray. You're going to expect. You're going to put faith to work. You're going to take the sword in the hand of faith. Because unbelief won't hold the sword. It'll drop it every time. Now, so you got to dress for war. You put on the full armor of God. That's his precepts. They're like the armor of a heavily armed soldier. So that you may be able to successfully stand up, not just stand up, successfully stand up. Stand up. Did you read what I read in Revelations 12? That Lucifer fought and prevailed not. That's shouting grounds for you today. He's not going to win. You're going to come out of this victorious. 
Amen. Satan is already prophesied in the scripture to be defeated. You are dealing with an already defeated enemy. Hallelujah. And I'm giving him some depression this morning. Amen. And I'm reminding him that his hymn's in a lake of fire. Hallelujah. But I'm reminding him that I will never end because I never did begin. I was in his thoughts and the eternal thoughts of God before the foundation of the world, and I'm not a temporary being. When he's gone, I'll still be here. Whenever devil is burning in hell, I'll still be shouting the victory. Now, so you can stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and deceits of the devil. Verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities. These are wicked devils. These are ruling devils. These are, these are governments, satanic governments, against powers, against rulers. And man, we're not just against the peon soldiers of the devils. We're against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I want to remind you, when you read high places there, that's heavenly places. Exact same word that is spoke of in Ephesians chapter 1, that he has met us, made us to sit together with him in heavenly places. So our battle is for heavenly places. And so it's a battle in, in not just this world, but another world also. And that's what you're seeing in, in, in Daniel, you know, when, when, when there, he, the book of Daniel, when Gabriel tells, I would have been here. You've been praying for three weeks, and I would have been here the first day you called, but I was opposed by the prince of Persia. And I had to battle it out. And I would still be battling if I hadn't called for Michael to come help me. Angelic battles in heavenly places affecting things happening on earth. And Daniel's having to persevere. Daniel's having to pray harder. Daniel can't give up. Come on. If he gives up, the angel never comes. Because what happens in the heaven depends on your reaction on earth. You start doubting, the angel can't come to you. He cannot respond to your doubt. He can only respond to your faith. Now, here's a translation that paraphrases this verse. God is strong, and he wants you strong. Amen. Remember, Sister Karen? Amen. Remember what I've been telling you, what you've been saying? Let the weak say. What? I'm strong. Let the weak say. Not I'm weak. Don't confess your weakness. Confess what God said about you. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Amen. Profess what his word said about you, not how you're feeling. Now, the, the 
this, as I'm reading this translation, it's a paraphrase really kind of like an amplified, but it said, so take everything the master has set up for you, well-made weapons of the best material, dress yourself in all of it, and put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This is for keeps. It's a life or death fight to the finish and against the devil and all his angels. Amen. Don't let that pass over your head. Amen. It's not something you're just going to walk away from. You young people say, well, I got the Holy Ghost. There'll never be a fight no more. No, there's a fight all the way. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, I got the victory the other day. I'll never see that devil. Let me tell you something. When David took the head off of Goliath, how many more wars did they have after that? They defeated the Philistines that time and chased them out of the land, but did they come again? Yes, they came again. Will the devil come again? Yes, he'll come again. And then he'll try to confess you, convince you it didn't really matter that you cut the head off of Goliath. It didn't count anyway. We're back here in bigger numbers. Now, so it's a life or death fight to the finish. Amen. When I, when I get through with my battle, when I come down to rapture out, I want them to have to pry my fingers off of the sword of the Word of God before I put it down, back down in my scabbard where I fight no more. Until then, I want to fight devils until my hand cleaves. It sticks to the sword. You can't pry it off. Now, we got to be determined to fight in some very deep pits. And you don't know what lays before you. I have no idea either. But we got to determine to fight in some very deep pits. But we're David's mighty men. Come on, church. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a violent man of, of Kebzil, done mighty acts, slew two lion men like lion like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of snow. He was, he was fighting enemies that had the advantage over him. Amen. He had to go down into the pit to destroy an enemy. And you may have to go down in a pit to see an enemy destroyed. Brother Gary, you had to go down in a pit a very low place to see an enemy destroyed. But you came out of it. Amen. You came out of it. Hallelujah. He slew him, a, a, an Egyptian, a goodly man, and he had a spear in his hand. He went down with a staff in his hand against a man with a spear, and he took the spear away from the Egyptian and slew him with his own spear. I'll tell you, sometimes you got to slay the devil with his own words. 
Brother Branham said when he went to pray through for the Holy Ghost, he said, the devil said, you, you've already sent away your day of grace. He said, I just used it against him. And I said, oh, God, then this is my chance. It's my only chance. And here, here it is. If I've sinned away, I'm going to knock on the floor over and over and over again. I'm not giving up. I must persevere. I must have it. Now, our battles are not against physical people. We are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against, if we call them people, spirits without bodies, evil rulers of the unseen world, mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world. Jesus acknowledged they did. He said to him, the prince of this world has come hath no part in me. So he acknowledged that he was prince of this world. And against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. So now there is a natural world and there is a spirit world. Brother Branham many times didn't deal with things in, in the natural. He was dealing with things in the spirit you know, like the maniac. They come running up and said with the young men, policemen to, to come and subdue the maniac that had come to threaten his life and, and go, going to hit him and all of that. And, and they wanted to know, you know, can we help? And he waved them away. He said, this is not a flesh and blood affair. This is a spiritual battle. I'm not dealing with the man in the physical mean. I'm dealing with the devil there that has possessed him. Now, so Brother Bradham didn't deal with him in the natural means. He dealt with him in a spiritual means. The man did everything he could to get him in the natural, get him in the flesh. Hawk down, <laughs> spit him in the face, trying to make him mad, cursing him, calling him every kind of name. Wouldn't that kind of get you in the flesh? Amen. He was trying to get Brother Branham in the flesh. Amen. But he refused to get in the flesh. And he spoke to the spirit in the man. Now, you're going to have to understand this is not physical. It's spiritual. And you, you look at your ailment, you look at your sickness, you see the problems, and you think it's physical. It isn't physical, it's spiritual. You say, I, I've, got a, I, I've got a cataract. Well, Brother Branham would take a person in his, with his left hand and hold in their right hand, and, and there the disease would show because it was a germ disease. Oh, well, science may not say it was a germ disease, but it so happened it reacted on Brother Branham. Oh, today they just go and do a cut and take a surgery and take it out. But, you know, in Brother Bannon's time, there was no, no cure for that medically. They just went by. But Brother Branham never did a surgery. He spoke to the spirit and it died. Now, watch this as we go in. When sin entered and darkness, sin darkened and closed Adam's access to the throne of sonship. He was still a man. Yes. 
He was still a man. Still a sh- he was actually more human than ever because now he's mortal. After sin come in, he's more human than ever. What did he do? He was separated from his sonship and his sonship authority. Now, what Adam did, Jesus came to restore, to restore a people back to sonship authority. Now, man fell from his position, not on the earth, but he still ruled the earth. But he lost his ability to rule the earth and control its atmosphere as a son. Now, Adam still had human strength and can do mighty things with his intellect and the sweat of his brow. Look at the things that man accomplishes. Does a lot of things with the sweat of his brow. But you see, that was not the way before the fall. It was by the word that he ruled all things as a son of God. He spoke and it happened. He said the tree be plucked up and moved over here. How do we know that? Because the second Adam said we can do it. Is that right? Amen. The second Adam said we can move a mountain. The second Adam there spoke to nature and made the seas and the winds obey him. So we know then by that what the first Adam did. Amen. Now, and then of course the curse made him have to do everything by the sweat of his brow. So we know something from that. Before that, he didn't have to sweat to do it. It wasn't with human efforts. But now we come down to our moment in time. Our battle is not a flesh and blood battle. It's about operating from the heavenly realm by the power of the word. Now, before the fall, literally, Adam literally brought heaven down to earth. Even the animals were ruled by heaven's atmosphere. It was like it would be in the millennium. The garden was like a millennium. You know, the lion lay down with the lamb. You know, any deliverance from sin is by bringing heaven's dominion over that sin. It comes by making Satan fall from having dominion. And the word of faith empowers a person to rise above sin and take dominion. That's salvation. When we talk about salvation, that means we have been given dominion over sin. Sin no longer rules us. Romans 6 tells us so. We are no longer servants of sins. Sin is now our slave. We tell it what to do. It does not tell us what to do. Now, it makes a man or a woman to rule over evil spirits from their throne of sonship. Your relationship to God empowers you and makes you a ruler. When you believe, you are literally casting out devils. Hallelujah. You as a child of God, you live in two worlds. As a a child of God, you know, you're, you're living two worlds. You were born in the world by your first birth, but you're born of heaven by your new birth. So we are a people, fleshly, we got a citizenship on the earth, but heavenly, we got a heavenly citizenship. Amen. We're here still working and doing by the sweat of our brow, but at the same time, we're sons of God. And we are to control by bringing heaven's atmosphere. 
atmosphere down into the church, into our family, into our body. Hallelujah. This is what your job is to do. Your battle is not flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers and spirits of wickedness and rulers in high places. Amen. Now, when man sinned, he lost access to being able to live in heavenly places. He lost his throne. He lost his domain. You know, and that's what Eden was. It was an extension of heaven upon the earth. In that realm, God become, would be visible. In that realm, his voice was plainly heard. Amen. Adam would hear the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. God walked among them. Is that right? Amen. In that realm, the word worked through his lips with creative power as he kept the garden. He didn't use a shovel and dig up a tree to move it with the sweat of his brow do it or get a chainsaw if it was too big and cut it up and burn it. The way he moved it was by the word. Now, so Adam was a son of God. His father, the almighty, he would, the almighty God with faith-filled words brought the universe into existence. And Adam kept the garden the same way by faith-filled words. And I'm just going to tell you, that's the only way you'll keep your garden today is with faith-filled words. The animals, as we said, were in perfect harmony, always controlled by heaven's atmosphere. The access, though, to, to the sense of faith and by sin was closed off and and faith was turned to unbelief. Remember, you're like a magnet. You've got a pole that on one side that pulls and the other resists. Amen. When Malachi 4 came to turn the heart, you know what our condition was? We were pulled toward the world. We were pulled toward creeds. We were pulled toward the prince of darkness. We were pulled through spiritual sin, physical sin, all kinds of sin. But when the word came, he turned our heart. Amen. Now we push away the world and we're pulled toward God. Malachi 4 came to turn you from unbelief back to faith again. But to do so, it had to turn the heart. Because our faith, remember, unbelief is just faith really aimed in the wrong direction. You got to have a lot of faith to believe there is no God. You got to have a lot of faith to believe we came from monkeys. You got to have a lot of faith to think the two asses rubbed, uh, asses or, uh, acids rubbed together. And, and with the rubbing of those acids, that, 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 um, that they all sudden life sprung out of. You got to have a lot of faith to believe that. Amen. Amen. But I, I'll tell you, you know, it takes a lot of faith to be an atheist. Wait a minute. Let me just talk about it. They want to talk about theory of evolution. And they're preaching that in the schools like it's a fact. It is not a fact. It is a theory. And it's not even proven. And you are basing your belief on a lie, and you have to believe a lie that will damn you. And to disbelieve God is a lie that will damn you. And to do that, you've got to turn down. 
Amen. You, you can't even look at a blade of grass without knowing there's a God in heaven that will cause it to come into being. Amen. You cannot look at the earth and its position in the earth and know that some hand had to put it there in perfect order at a perfect place at a perfect spot. When you get down to all your questions, you look in the blade of grass and, okay, where did that come from? And how far and, oh, how? You're going to have to come down to in the beginning, God. There's no other answer. I said there's no other answer. Now, when man sinned, he was left with only the five senses to contact the world we live in. Modern man knows that there are things the eye cannot see that just a few generations ago was totally unknown to man. By microscopes, the world uh, the man has discovered a world that was previously unknown to man. And with the scientific achievements of the microscope has, has brought that which was once invisible and made them visible. But before this, it was a world that was unknown. Now, I, I'm telling you, you're living in World, with knowing of worlds today that other ages didn't know about. Coming on down for a minute, the fourth dimension of radio waves, it's a realm that is real. How many can see a radio wave out there today? Well, if I had a radio up here, I'd wave it for you. But that'd be the only way you'll see a radio wave. Moving through this room are invisible waves that contain voices that our ears cannot hear. These waves contain, also contain pictures that our eyes cannot see. Not obscure in images, but images in living color. Voices that are exactly like the voice of the one who spoke it. 200 years ago, mankind did not know how to harness the invisible waves uh, and the invisible energy of electricity. To think, today, we think nothing of it. We plug an appliance into a receptacle and you, we use its energy to, to power them. We can't see the electricity. It's invisible to the eye, but we can feel it. How many ever felt electricity? Oh, yeah. Now, these modern advances has brought the invisible and made them visible. Made some things that was intangible and made them tangible. Voices that are audio, audible and visible energies made them usable. Thus we live in a world that would have been foreign to people of past ages. But just as real as electricity and television and radio, there is a heaven. Yes, 
it was just as real to Adam as the world we now live in. Now, although it's invisible, you believe, you're convinced of it. We know it because we've been born again. And, and though our five senses can't recognize it, I can't see electricity, I can't see radio waves. Amen. I can't see a lot of that, with, but I know it's there. Amen. Also, also, I know, we know that because we've been born again, though our five senses won't declare it, Amen. But we know it exists by our God-given sense of faith. Now, so here we're, bo we're born in a fallen body, a mortal body that was given us by fall. Its eyes are now invisible to what Adam used to think common. He saw all the time. He saw and then heard God walking in the cool of the day. Angels ascending, descending. Oh, the, the heaven and its atmosphere, and he could bring it down to the earth. But now, because of the fall there, that we, we, are, we were made subject now just to the five senses. What we can see, what we can taste, what we can feel, what we can hear. Now, so again, you, you know, you... You can see things now, as I said, in this, in this age, things that was once invisible, you see them. Microscopes, Hubble tele telescope brings worlds that we never knew about. Now, but what I'm trying to tell you, there is a heavenly realm. But what keeps us from seeing everything in the heavens? Why, what is it that keeps heaven from being real to our Flesh, our fallen man. Amen. It's the veil that keeps us from seeing it. Right now, I want to tell you, angels are standing by your seats. The pillar of fire is in this church. Amen. God is with his people. Hallelujah. Jesus is here. Because he said, work two or more, gather in my name. I'll be there. Now your eye may not see it, your hearing may not declare it, but it's as real as radio waves. It's as real as what a microscope can see in an invisible world. It's as real a world as what we are seeing around us. You are people that are actually a supernatural people. You are looking beyond the natural into a supernatural realm. Even as a physical person, you are looking in realms today. No other age has ever looked at. You are using energies from realms that was previously unknown to man as to how to capture it and use it. Now, but this veil keeps us, this flesh that we were born with, it keeps us from seeing God here. It keeps us from seeing angels present. But it's still here. And when you drop this flesh veil, Senator, I want to talk to you a minute. When you drop this flesh veil, the unknown world is going to suddenly become really real to you. Christian, 
heaven and all its joys and angels and saints and all of them. Come on. They're one breath away. Looking on the other hand, sinner, demons, tormentors, fallen pit, one breath away. Now, it's another world. And when you drop this, this flesh veil, the light will come on to your faith sense. And you will, you know, I'm telling you, there won't be one atheist in heaven. Come on. Won't be one atheist. I mean, the moment, every person that dies, he's no longer an atheist. He knows there's a realm, a man, he knows there's something, he'll see things, he'll experience things that he could not see with his eyes. He will see what has tormented him, he will see what has troubled him and ruled his life, what he gave vent to and was obedient and a servant to. One breath away from here is another world. Now, a world for us that has no yesterdays or tomorrows because it's an eternal realm. But right now with the sense of faith, I'm going to tell you, you can actually push past the flesh and contact the supernatural world. Some of you think, oh, it's just human emotions that people get up and they shout and they dance around. Well, occasionally we have some people that are in the flesh. And I just say this, that's not really a big problem either. Somebody say, well, I was in the flesh and I shouted. Well, praise the God that you shouted. It'd be better for you to be in the flesh and shout and then be in flesh and resist the spirit than refuse to praise God. Come on. Amen. I'm not advocating a bunch of fleshly manifestations, but I'm just saying, you know, it's not all bad. Hallelujah. I can shout whether I feel the spirit or not. I can dance because, amen, just because I know the word of God is true and his promises are real and they are mine. I can rejoice in it. Hallelujah, whether I feel it or not. Hey. Now, there's one thing I can't do very well, and that's preach without the anointing. Amen. But I tell you, when the anointing comes, I can preach because I've been commissioned to do that. But listen, when you die, it's only continuing of this same life in another world. Into another place. This is why Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. A place. It's a real place. Heaven is a real place. Heavenly places are real places. Angels are there. And, and, and it's not that far away. They're right there by you. Angels standing by you at your seat. The Holy Spirit present. The pillar of fire is here. Every manifestation of God is present among us today. Amen. Now, when you die, of course, you go out of the existence of people who can see you and you go into God's presence. No longer can they see you. You go out of their sight. You're not in this world no more. You're in another world. There in that world, they knew what was going on back on earth. There in that world, they rejoice when sinners repent. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There in that world, they, they, you know, there, there are those of the thousands that comes down to, to greet those new arrivals. Amen. Amen. There in that world is, is, is indescribable. It's, it's blissful. It's wonderful. It's, but it's a dimension higher than, than even what we're speaking of, of the realm of the Holy Ghost. Now, you're dying, you died to the mortal part, but you're alive here, but your spirit is right here with Christ when you die. You wasn't, you see, you wasn't made even to live in the heavens like that all the, earth, all the time, so you'll be coming back to earth, taking on bodies again. Amen. And, and again, but when God will let your spirit loose, comes out of the sixth dimension, and to the fifth, and to, and to the light, petroleum's, petroleum's the senses, and you're back on the earth. Again, a brand new person, not, uh, not old or not, not a baby, but never to be sick or never broke down. Your hair will never turn gray. I mean, you'll never be hungry. You'll never have a worry. You'll walk with your loved ones. You'll shake their hands, and you'll eat and drink and build houses and inhabit them. People get the idea, well, when we get to heaven, we're just going to do a bunch of shouting. We will do a bunch of shouting. But we're going to, even up on the earth, when we bring heaven down to the earth in the millennium, we'll build and not another inhabit. Amen. The the Bible said the elect will enjoy, long enjoy the labor. Other hands, are you with me? Now, so again, when Jesus returns, we will meet him in the air. You know what's going to happen? He will literally just become visible. He's already in the heavens. And we will meet him in the air. We'll meet him in heavenly places. He'll just become visible. Because why? We'll be changed. But you won't see him until you're changed. Amen. And we'll meet him in the air. But he's already with us here now. We don't have to wait to the body change to to be in his presence. He's right here among us now. It's another world, and the Lord Jesus is in another world, another dimension right here today in the form of the Holy Spirit, and his spirit is blending with our spirits. Our eyes can't see him because they're still physical. Our hearing don't hear him because they're still physical. Our feelings you don't really feel him with your hands. You feel him with your spirit round. You know that he's present. Amen. Why? You, you know, you're, you can feel because he can be just as real as what he was to those who walked on the road to Emmaus or just as real as he was to Mary at the grave. Come on, somebody. Amen. It can be felt with the inner charge that's on the inside of the human body by the new birth, the soul has been magnetized to him. And, and if you let your mind just become consecrated to him, believing on him, after a while, something, a reality can sweep over your being. That the, you know, and it's a vindication of his resurrection. I know, I've had it happen. Amen. I was in Ron Spencer's house here last year in the month of February, and there in the bedroom there, I was awakened and sat up in my bed hearing the song we heard Wednesday night, we shall see miracles. We shall see giants fall. We'll walk on water. And I tell you, as we've heard the word of God come to us, 
series of victories. Hallelujah. Well, if there's a series of victories, there's a series of war. And we have been in war, and I'm in war, and I'm in battle, but I ain't backing up and I ain't moving. Hallelujah. I'm pursuing the enemy. I'm going to chase him, and one of us can chase a thousand, and two of us can chase 10,000. Hallelujah. Because there's unity, power in unity. Hallelujah. He's risen from the dead. He's right here with you. He's in this building this morning. I can't see him. Do you see radio waves? Do you see those people who are passing through this building in living colors? Well, no, but if I set up a television, you would. If I put on, turn on the radio, you would. All of a sudden, that, that would be a receiver from that transmitter receiving, receiving that wave. Are you with me? Amen. But again, that other realm, I'm telling you, is just as real. Can I just say it is actually more real than television or radio? He's here in the form of the Holy Ghost. Jesus has moved from the corporal body into the celestial in a body that's unseen with the eye. There's another world. There's angels here. It's not the way, way somewhere else. It's right here. The angels of God are encamped. Don't move away. They're encamped about those that fear him. I just read you a quote if you didn't understand. Now, so again, that he's in an unseen condition. You can't see him with your eyes. I don't see God. Well, I'll tell you what. You get enough God in you, you'll see him everywhere. You'll see him in nature. You'll see him in the sunset. You'll see him. In creation, you'll see him in one another. You'll see him in the church. You'll see his mighty hand. But you got to get God on the inside of you first or you'll never see God. Amen. Now, the angels are placed around in this room watching. Angels of God encamped about those that fear him. Remember, Elisha down at Dothan, he didn't come and call down angels. He said, well, God just opened this boy's eyes. The angels were already there. But he couldn't see him with physical eyes. It was an anointing that anointed something in his realm of his soul that allowed him to see. Now, Christian believers can believe that present now they are sitting in heavenly places. Amen. They're fellowshipping around the Word of God, the Holy Spirit taking the Word of God by vision, moving it out into every heart as the Word is going forth and every believer receiving. Oh, if we could just stand and claim our God-given privileges. That's the time that God could ever take the wishbone out of a person's back and put a real old-fashioned gospel backbone in him. Somebody who'll stand for truth no matter how dark it looks. Now, you know and I know we're not of this world. I'm trying to hurry now. Our citizenship is of heaven. That's right. And notice now, when the Holy Spirit comes in you, I'm quoting from Brother Branham, then you're a candidate for the association with the unseen world and, and the supernatural. No wonder people can't believe in those things. They never come in contact. They never got anything in here to believe with. But when the Holy Spirit comes to heart, quickly he becomes a two-fold being. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a twofold being. All right. So what is it in your body? You're still subject to death. 
but in your soul you pass from death to life. Is that right? In your body you have earthly contact with your senses, five senses, and the Spirit has contact with God through the Holy Ghost. And the angels of God visits them and speaks with them, and they are messengers sent from God to reveal and to bring messages from God to the individual. Hallelujah. Being born again, you are candidates for the unseen world. Hallelujah. Now, you're not of this world. You're not Germans or Americans or Canadians or this or that, French or Belgians or Swiss or Africans or Africans or or, or Americans. We're none of them. Not even pecans. We're Christians. I said that to wake some of you up. Nudge your pecan next to him. Get that nut out of the shell. <laughs> All right. So we're Christians. We're, we don't act like Americans because we got Christ on the inside. Amen. Amen. We don't dress like Americans because we got Christ on the inside. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit coming from God out of heaven makes you act different. Yeah. Amen. Because you're of another world. Brother Branham said you're as much of an alien in this world as if you would be if you stepped out into the jungles of Africa. Amen. Born again Christian is an oddball to the world. You're not to be like them. You're you're changed. You are different. Now, we live in three worlds. The three worlds we live in is in the sense of our three realms, I mean, that's light and matter and time. We were blinded to sin to our position of sonship in Christ and that heavenly realm. And so, but, you know, we, we have these three realms, as it was, that we live in. We're controlled by three different things, light, matter, and time. Light from another realm. Now, if you don't believe you're influenced from another world, stop for a minute and think. 93 million miles away, There is a light that provides energy here for life. All life on the earth is by energy from another realm that we cannot touch. I can't touch God. Touch the sun. Come on. Amen. You can't touch the sun either, but you are living by its energy. What happens? Light comes down upon the plant. The plant turns it through photosynthesis, turns that energy into food, and then we eat the food there and we consume the energy from the sun. Every life today is living from an energy from another world. Your spiritual life is the same. You are living from energy of another world. You have been energized and empowered from another world. That's where you get your energy. Amen. It's from a place we cannot touch. We are here. We have matter. That's the physical substance. We can see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. And and then time. We're creatures of time and controlled by time. Our bodies are made with an expiration date. (gasps) You're going to expire one day. Your body. Not you. Just the body part. It's going to expire. You can't live in these bodies eternally. Now, science has brought us into another realm of the fourth dimension. Man, through discovery, 
has tapped into the unseen world of germs and learned how to subdue them. We have learned that there's a big world of the unseen and maybe a bigger world than what of the seen world. Other men have found the invisible energy of electricity, subdued it, making it work for them. There's radio waves. Radio, television, cell phones, all work using invisible electromagnetic wave, commonly known as radio waves. The other day, I FaceTimed some of my children that are out of town. They saw me in their very image, the colors I had, the clothes I had, the hair, everything was the same. My voice was the same. What was it? It traveled like a thought. Amen. Now, these are radio waves. These waves travel at the speed of light. And I can talk to Africa or Japan across the world. I can send my image there with the speed of light. This is something unknown to man of the past. Man also uses these rays as microwaves to heat up food. Don't put your cat in the microwave to warm him up. The little bitty short waves of the microwaves there will penetrate through the outside to the inside and cook it from the inside out. You can look in there and you don't see a fire. You can there, you can't, you, you know, you hear something turning around, you see the rotor of the thing turning around of the table inside, but you can't see any of the waves. You see anything hitting that food or touching that food, it's all invisible. I am trying to tell you we have tapped in in our day into the realms of the invisible and we have made them to work in our dimension. And if God did that in the physical, what about the spiritual? So if I am proving to you there are unseen realms that you are working with all the time that you have now accepted as common, don't dismiss that there is a supernatural realm. Now, I want to talk about this for a moment because these waves will last indefinitely. The radio waves will continue to travel until they're absorbed by something like gas or dust and they'll travel forever radiating from the earth at the speed of light. And at this stage, at this stage, they say our first radio transmission is now over 100, uh, 100 light years away. Whatever that means. Because none of you really know what that means. But I'm going to tell you something. God sent us a seer, a spiritual scientist, to show us the invisible God and make him real. That heaven is real and that the resurrected one is present. Now, it's another dimension, Brother Bram said, to the scientific world. These three mortals live in, the other God lives in it, and it's in a duel. He said there's another world just out there where the supernatural is. That's where God lives, and that's where the Holy Spirit is. He knows me, and he knows you. And it, it declares to us that there is a heaven, and that's what Brother Branham would say. You know, this proves he is resurrected. Because he's here among us. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. 
He can tell where you've been, what your trouble is. Now, in that realm, it's infinite. Every move and action that you make is recorded. Even your most intimate thoughts. Amen. Amen. And guess what? It's going to be played back at the day of judgment. Even the clothes you wear will be showed at the face, in your face at the day of judgment. Science has found that with television. Television doesn't manufacture a picture. It only channels it. Telephone doesn't produce the voice. It channels it. The color of clothes, every time you move, every thought that you is in your mind is absolutely kept on God's record. And that thing will be laid right before you one day. All your dirty dresses. I'm just going to quote Brother Branham. Every time you went to the barber shop, cut your, that hair that God gave you, it's going to be there. You'll answer for it. You can't make a move right there. Just even the thoughts of your heart while you're doing it will be played right before you. How are you going to escape? How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? We've not, we're not going to escape. Every move, the thoughts of the heart is recorded right in another dimension. Even the color of our clothes you wear, television color, television proves it right out, pulls it right out and shows it. It's just in one dimension from the three that we live in. Just in one dimension from these three of light, matter, and time. Here comes another. Sound waves. Now, Brother Branham's time, he was told that that if we could pick up an instrument that could catch it, that a man's voice, like my voice I speak, said 10,000 years from now could be picked up in the air. Like dropping a pedal in the, in the, um, a pebble in the middle of a pond. And teeny little waves as they fail to be seen by the eye continue till it hits the bank. And the air wave of our voices continually travels around the world. Now, science today tells us that science does, that sound does not travel forever. Sound cannot travel through empty space. It's carried by vibrations in a material or a medium like air or steel or wool, water or wood and so on. So the sound waves get smaller and smaller until it disappears. Now that's what science says. However, a spiritual scientist found that in the eternal realms of God, where there's no yesterdays or tomorrow, that voices, what the doctor said, or prayers that was even prayed, or thoughts were recorded and could be played back. And he would sometimes go back 40 years and watch scenes as though they were happening right now. Standing in two worlds. One world, he's on a platform before an audience and then standing and being in another world. And in that world, he could hear voices of things said 40 years ago. Actions, behaviors. What the doctor said, described his look, the color of clothes they had on. You had on a little jumper, your hair was in braids. I see you running from a certain colored dog. It was a yellow dog. What was it? All of those things are recorded. 
So you see, science may not be able to record the sound waves. They say sound waves, they just go and they get absorbed. Maybe that's true in the natural, but in the spiritual, this scientist told us and proved it to us. Amen. They can go back in time into a realm that's no yesterdays and tomorrows and there could bring back out right now, right present, what was said 40 years ago. The things you say and do never die. There's only one way to stop that voice, and that's repentance. So, well, Brother Tim, we're going to go to heaven. We're going to shout. Yeah, we'll shout a while. We'll praise God. We'll enjoy one another's companies. Nobody will have to slip in a domino game or some kind of card game or whatever to keep us from being bored. Amen. Probably the first, first three and a half years, we'll just enjoy shaking hands with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the way down through Paul and speaking and hearing testimonies and shouting and having a great time at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But after that, we're coming back for a millennial reign and rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. And after that, it's a white throne judgment and all these thoughts, voices, all of these things will then be played back and what was done in secret will be shouted from the housetop. Jesus declared this to be truth. So, well, I don't believe this prophet thing. Well, Jesus said, Luke chapter 12, verse 2, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken, ha-ha, what? Science says, oh, it goes and, you know, the voice ends and it gets absorbed and you can never pick it up. Whatsoever is spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which you have spoken in the ear, in closets, that's the secret, shall be proclaimed from the housetop. You don't want to wind up in the white throne judgment with your deeds and your actions. Because in that realm, your thoughts are louder in heaven than what your words are on earth. So you want to be careful what you're thinking because God knows the heart. This is the problem. A lot of people want the Holy Ghost, but God knows the heart. He can't come and live on an unclean vessel. He knows when it's yielded to him. He knows when it's surrendered. And he ain't going to come till it does. Therefore, what we say will be our own judgment. Our testimony will rise against us. Our voices will echo in our own ear at the judgment bar of God. When his great instrument catches every voice that's been spoken, every word that's been muttered. And there's only one thing that will stop it. Stop that voice and that, that is wrong and that's repent. Because God alone can stop it. I'm so glad that though your sins were like scarlet, they can be white as snow. I'm so glad in such a way that when we stay there, come on, it won't be God with a big angel crossing out the cuss words. There won't be any of it. It was in the sea of his forgetfulness. It is the bleach of his blood. Even none of your actions. 
actions will even be there. Hallelujah. Every evil thing gone because it can't be attributed to the seed gene of God that is in you. Now, the scripture said, let me read this from Christ's mystery. The angels of God are camped about those that fear him. So in another world where the five senses do not declare, the five senses only contacts this world. If you had no feeling, you could feel nothing. Feeling would have to be nothing to you. That would be another world. If you had no sight, uh, you, what, you'd look around in another world. You'd know nothing about it. So these five senses is the only thing that God let us loose to. Now there is another sense called faith. But by faith, you walk up a ladder. And finally, you get so high until you can break into another world, which is visions, and you can see. And just like if you never see or never knew what this was, you were feeling with your sense of feeling, never seen it, then your eyes come open, you would see it. It'd be all a mystery to that person who could never see. It'd be a mystery to them. But it's real. Now, listen, Brother Branham didn't make himself that way. He was gifted in a way that he was tuned by God, by predestination. Fasting didn't bring it. Prayer didn't bring it down. God ordained him a prophet. Amen. And he tuned him down in a way that, that he could stand there and, and could be standing and, and contact that realm and see in that realm and speak back into this realm what he saw in that realm. And it'd be like, you have a dream. Why, well, you can't make yourself dream. And, hey, you know, you can't decide what you're going to dream. It happens. But I couldn't say, go dream me a dream. You couldn't ask Brother Brandon, go see me a vision. You see, it wasn't that. It was God operating it. And he could be physically on the platform in a visible realm speaking before thousands. And at the same time, same moment, be somewhere else. In another in realm, in an invisible realm, taken there by light. By the angel of the Lord, and he could be on the platform and at the same time be standing in a hospital room, seeing events that took place years ago, and hear conversations and doctor's reports and names that were that that someone called that person. You know, all of these things, he would see it or he would hear it in that other dimension. Now, as he said, as I'm speaking. You see, then the anointing comes. It's another world. God's got a tape recorder as it was a movie of every movie you've ever made in your life. You believe that? He can reveal it just as he will. He said, you're living in two worlds. You're in a world here. You're a world there. You're with somebody else maybe 50 years ago, and maybe you're somebody, you're somebody years from the day to come, and yet you realize you're standing on the platform here, and you're speaking something that happened many, many years ago, maybe weeks ago, months ago, another nation, another place or something, and you try to keep yourself in straight in that thinking, tell you it's quite a thing. And he says, for even... What someone was thinking could be heard in that realm. He called it the foreknowledge of God that told me what was and what will be. Like he said to Miss Weaver who was dying of cancer. He says, I can say you're going to be well because I see you in the vision going back 
behind the house to a chicken coop, and I said, Mrs. Weaver, thus said the Lord, you'll make a trip to that chicken coop, and you will live. What was it? It was seeing already what was happening in the foreknowledge of God. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Amen. But it would also go back in your past. Amen. It's another world. And he said, you believe in this room? You can't see with your natural eyes, but there's angels. You believe God's here? Electronics proves that. Televisions in the room. You know, voices, radio in this room from a transmitter. But we say there's a resurrected Christ that's alive. And, and he says, we're only a transmitter. So Christ is in the room. He is the God of the human race. And surely he has some way he can contact his beings, don't you think? Kind of like you're working in two worlds. You're here in another world. And when that goes out, you go in and you see what's standing near the platform here. Angels of God and everything. And you see hideous things that take place. Let's talk about that. Because as I showed you in the beginning, in the realm there are spirits fighting. Wars in heaven. Satan, Lucifer and his armies against Michael and his angels. Hideous things. Demonics. Rulers. Darkness. Because when they fell, they left the form of beautiful, powerful angels when they seemed to become hideous, tormenting spirits. Look at man. Let's talk, let's talk about fallen man. In this fallen condition, you can't stay young and beautiful. Try it, ladies. Use all of Olay every day. Come on. Everybody's loving these new pictures that are taking. Well, I don't know what it is, but in a way, they take these pictures and you got this tight skin and, you know, young again and, oh, you know. You know, okay. That's okay. There, it's only prophesying of something real. I saw my mother like that, a young woman. No wrinkles, skin tight. She's 92 when she died. <laughs> she brought me a message from the other realm saying, you're well thought of over here. Do you hear that devil? Heaven knows who I am. You know who I am. Demons cried out, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know, but who are you? Well, the devil's already found out who I am. I've cast him out a number of times by the power of God. It's my authority of sonship. You say, I, you did it, Brother Tim. I admit it. By the power of God and the authority of my sonship. As a son of God, I did it. I didn't do it as a human. Now, you look at Matt. Look at Matt when he fell. I want you to lock him just a minute. My timer said I got two minutes and 40, 40 seconds. It'll go red here in a minute. And I'll go into overtime. But you know, look at man when he fell in this fallen condition. Pick up that arm of yours. Well, not too high. Look at that broken thing. 
He's not really broke. He's had to have surgery. He's not the man he used to be. He went back. Yeah, it's true. You're in a dying body. It's getting older. Hair's falling out. I ain't, I ain't. <laughs> Amen. I was with a bunch of older brothers here back and Brother Kenny and them, they were telling me all of their aches and pains and trouble. And he looked at me and he said, well, what about you, Brother Tim? I said, all is well. I'm good. <laughs> he said, well, that bald spot on your head's getting bigger. <laughs> he wasn't letting me get by with nothing. <laughs> and he found out he ain't the man he used to be. Lifted weights. Tore something, had to go get surgery. Doctor says, son, well, no son no more. Old man, <laughs> you're not what you used to be. No. Got to take care of yourself. George Hamilton back over there. Been lifting up his mixers and stuff for years and years. Throwed it back on the truck. Did it. Forgot he was 67. He's older than me. <laughs> what happened, Taurus? Rotator cup. I've done this all my life. Well, not no more. You're falling apart. You look at man. He fell. He's in a falling condition. We can't stay young and beautiful. We keep falling and falling until we die. Handsome men become stooped, gray, and withered. Kenny can't stand up for a minute. Yeah, yeah, come on, stand up a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. Show him you can stand up. I mean, this man right here was a football star. He was in college. He was a football star. He's no football star today. Why? We're in a falling condition. Hey, Amen. I'm not going to pick out an old lady now and tell how beautiful <laughs> she used to be. But handsome men become stooped and gray and withered. Fallen, gray until their minds will decay. Amen. Human beings are fallen. Come on, I told you I'm in rare form today. (laughs) Now, you see, these angels are fallen from their first original estate. And if God judged the serpent and changed him from an upright creature to a slithering serpent, If God, if sin caused man to lose his immortality and become mortal where he changes from youth to decrepit, then what about angels that felt they're no longer beautiful angels? And Brother Branham said, I heard one the other day challenging me. And I looked over and saw him. He looked like alley oop in the funny papers. He was a deformed-looking creature because why? They're falling from their original estate. He said, I seen one coming from a woman that looked like a bat with big hairs under his legs. And, and its wings come out and went st- right straight up. Their evil spirit. Many times they're looking ever so beautiful on the outside. Mm, someone's looking so beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, if you can only look on the inside and see what's enthroned on the inside, it ain't something pretty. 
Amen. These porn stars, they're beautiful on the outside. Come on. Come on. But you got a chance to look on the inside. You would see a very ugly, dirty, filthy spirit. A demon ruling that life. Out of their mind where they're taking clothes off. I'm talking about another world. I'm trying to hurry. I'm two minutes in the red. Now look, they're evil spirits. There's one that, the case of Nellie Sanders, the newborn Christian, you know, she had accepted the Lord. She hadn't been baptized with the Holy Ghost, but saved out of the world, having a profession of faith. How many saw, you know, in the chosen, they pictured her, Mary Magdalene, going back to, to, to the, her old haunts. You say, that disappointed me, Brother Tim. Hey, that's the way it is. You say, what do you mean? She hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. And without the Holy Ghost, some spirits can come take you over again. Pull you right back to the same old haunt. Some people can live in a Christian environment for 10 years and go right back in the same old haunts again. Get filled with the Spirit. He is the only cure for sin. Say, well, I accept the Lord. I believe the message, Brother Tim. Hey, that's only being able to read. You know it's true. You know it's right. Nellie Sanders there, you know, had made a profession of faith, but then in a great battle, kind of depicted for a minute, a spiritual battle. Now, physically, she's walking down to get some sewing goods to make a nice little decent holy dress. That's what physically she's doing. She's coming back, and her ears here from the haunts of the old bars. She hears the music. And with that music, demons are coming through. Watch what kind of music you listen to. You say, Brother Tim, I like country and western. You better get where you hate it. Well, it depicts life in the real, in, the, in, this, in this real manner. Not my life. Amen. Sometimes I say, you know, they talk about playing these songs backwards. They need to play the country music backwards. Man gets his wife back. Kids get their daddy back. Amen. The home is restored. The drinking is gone. The smoking, the carousing, and everything else is gone. Play that music backwards one time. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, you know, again, demons traveling now on this music comes reaching into her ears. And, uh, you know, mm, you know, I, 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 I tell you what, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm a Christian. You know, I, I just ain't the way I used to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm, that music uh, don't bother me no more. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think I, and here's the war. And the devil tells her, you know what? You could just stop a minute here. You know, you're saved. You're not going to go down there. You know, you, you know what that life was. You're never going to go back. I'll, I'll tell you what, just stop just a minute here and, and listen. You know, I, you might be a witness to somebody. They'll see you there and they'll, they'll want to know about Christ. They'll see you in your holy dress and, you know, your unpainted face now and, you know, all of that and you'll be a, you'll be a, can be a real testimony. You're never a testimony on the devil's ground. You shun the very appearance of evil. 
not just evil, what appears to be evil. Stay as far away as you can. Are you with me? Amen. You can't play with the devil. He'll get you. Amen. But anyway, Satan's telling her that music don't bother you no more. You know, you know, you can just stand right here for a minute and testify. He got her to stop just for a minute and stand on Satan's ground just long enough. And a demon took her. And the next thing she was dancing in some guy's arm. And she comes running to Brother Branham's. Now, she looks the same on the outside. She's still got her long dress. She's still got an unpainted face. The tears are coming down. Brother Bill, Brother Bill, Brother Bill, I'm lost. I'm lost. Knocking on his door. Sister, what's the matter? But inside had changed. The inside had changed, and a spirit, Brother Branham saw as a hairy bat, And wings like come out of her while he prayed. Now, let me just tell you again, demons are real. Spirits are real. The Holy Ghost is real. Come on, angels are real. And if angels are real, their counterparts, demons are real. If God is real, the counterpart, Satan is real. And we're in a battle. Amen. Now, here we are, you know, there again, it's an unseen realm. But in this realm, in this building, right now, there are evil spirits. And there's war. And there's Christians that are anointed, and the angels of God are encamped about them, trying to energize them with faith. And Brother Brandon said, as I'm standing here, the Holy Spirit is moving, and this is what you call heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And remember, Satan's already always skeptic at the sons of God. You know, he always does let someone with a skeptic idea, and when they do that, Satan is just trying to interfere. So you got going on right in the church. You got those who are skeptic and some are disbelieving and some are bored. You know, you're bored of that, you, that you're going. That's a satanic anointing. Get him away from you. Amen. Amen. It's contagious. Come on. Amen. Fear is contagious. Every demon spirit is contagious. Somebody help me preach. Amen. We are come to sit in heavenly places. And in those heavenly places, there are war. Yes, the devil's going to war at your mind. Yes, He's always skeptic at the sons of God. Someone with a skeptic idea trying to interfere. Amen. Now, Brother Branham, in his discernment, he says, I'm, I, I, there's that light, he said. It was taken there and examined by you know, and it doesn't matter what you do. You can take the examiners, the question documents, do all kinds of tests, authenticate it. It gets sent to Washington, and I've held the picture in my hand, and people doubt it because you're not going to convince devils of unbelief. As long as your heart's turned against God, you're not going to believe God. You won't believe the supernatural, but the supernatural's got you anyway. He looked and he said, that light that's in that picture 
is hanging right over that woman because she's a believer. She's my sister. The Spirit's witnessing back and forth. He said, now, I know I'm talking to audience, but actually my intellectual seemingly is in another world, in a dimension, another world. And he said, lady, you got a trouble, and it's gross. She's had an operation. It's coming back, gross on her chest that will finally kill the woman. She's shadowed with death. Is that right? Wave your hand. And there's a tumorous sort of thing. Is that right? Right here's another woman. Now he turns to another woman. And this woman's sitting right here with a tumor. It's somebody out in the congregation. Is that right, lady? If it is, raise up your hand. Besides that, you got to be diabetes also. Raise up your hand. That spirit of darkness pulling across here. Them two demons are trying to catch one another, calling for help. But the power of God now, above every doubt in here, has rode over it. Do you believe that is God and his people? You say, God's in you, Brother Branham. Not only me, it's in her. It's in her too. And here's the Holy Spirit, which is infallible. There's the power of death in both of them. And two deaths are trying to cooperate together where the power of God is revealing it. And it's opening up and showing that he loves them women and he wants them to be healed. Hallelujah. Then he calls out and he says, your name is Miss Moore. Go in your room. Both of you, it left both of you right then. You're healed. He saw the spirit leave. What? You couldn't see it with the eye. It was happening. Come on. In the unseen realm. But then people would testify, yeah, that's my name. Yes, that's my problem. Yes, that spirit's calling out to one the other. And yes, I got the same problem this woman's got. You're both healed. Because I saw it leave. Hallelujah. Now, when... Now, I understand, church, this is, this is exactly where, where we're at, you know, in, in time. Let me just stop here. You know, there's also sinners who have never accepted Christ. Brother Branham said, here's a woman, she's praying for someone else, a man, a brother-in-law, I believe. That's right. He's got stomach trouble, and he's shadowed all over in darkness. He's a sinner. That's what he is. He's a sinner. Now, he saw the disease. See, you can't see the disease. Science can. They can look in there, and they can see the amoeba or whatever it is, the germ. Or they got x-rays, can see the growth. I can pinpoint it right down to the end and aim waves at it and zip it and zap it. But here's a prophet of God now. He's looking into this realm of the supernatural, the world I'm talking about. The world that you as a Christian has access to. And he says, he's shattered all over in darkness. He's a sinner. This person is sick, but he's sicker than sick. He's shadowed, but he's got a darker shadow. He's lost. Again, this man is shattered for death. You got a cancer. You know that cancer's in the lung. Just a little while unless God helps. That'll be it. Now he's he's good. That he's good by me knowing that. He's told me that. He makes his word true, doesn't 
makes his word true. I want to ask you something. Will you accept him as a personal Savior? Now, you're a sinner, and you need him as your Savior because a heavier darkness than cancer hangs over you, and I want to get that shadow away from us. Now, did Brother Branham hate that person because he was a sinner and saying, oh, you, you're shadowed with death and then you got a darker shadow and a more horrible shadow and you're a sinner? No, he loved them. And when I'm telling you, you're lost and you need Jesus and you're shadowed, I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you there's hope. There's mercy at the foot of the cross. You don't have to live that way the rest of your life. But if you just understand what's got a hold of you, a heavier darkness than that cancer hangs over you, and I want that shadow away from you. Will you accept him now as your Savior? Raise your hand to him if you'll accept him. You come from Sacramento here. Is that right? You believe God knows who you are? Mr. Keith, go back home and get well. You're saved from your death, and may God be with you, my brother. What? In one moment, a dying man. And then the next moment, my brother. You see what God can do in one moment by removing the shadow from your life? In one moment, turn you into a child of the, of the most high God. Hallelujah. Hear you him, Brother Branham said, I'm a stranger to you. Something odd about you. It's our first time meeting. You're shattered for death. It's a cancer in the stomach. You're not from this city. You're from a little place uh, called like Crab Orchard, Tennessee. Here's the dark shadow. You're not a Christian. You're a sinner. We accept Christ as your Savior now. Raise your hand to him and tell him that you'll accept him, that in Jesus Christ's name, I condemn the cancer to death. Go and believe now and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord. That's right. Have faith. Don't come in the line unless you don't want your sins called out, unless you confess them. Some ministers get to the man quickly. The shadow has left him. Amen. The same God that knows where you're from. Amen. From a little place, ain't never heard of Crab Orchard, Tennessee. A little place, not from this city, shattered with death, cancer in the stomach. But here's a darker shadow. You're not a Christian. You're a sinner. You say, Brother Tim, you're singling me out today because you... You say, well, I don't believe exactly like you. And, you know, I've done things that you, that you, that you say is, just, is not according to the word, and you point me out. I'm going to point you out. I'm going I'm to point you out. I'm going 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 to point me out. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians 5 and 8. Before you were sometimes darkness. Every one of us was in that shape. You were sometime darkness. Amen. But that's not our condition now. But now. But now. 
you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. Hallelujah. You one time were in darkness. You were darkness, but not now. Not now, Satan. Not now, devil. Not now. I don't belong to you now. I'm a child of the most high God, and I operate as a son of God, and I walk as a child of light. Hallelujah. Give me in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and I'm trying to close. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you have he made alive. How many has been made alive? What? Made alive. Not here in that other realm. I was dead. I was born dead to the heavenly realm. But now I'm alive. In that heavenly realm. What's now? And I was dead in trespasses and sins. We're in a time past. In my former life, I walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the atmosphere that controlled my life. There was a ruler that was over my life, and I walked according to him. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Well, I don't agree with what the Bible said. I can do what I want to. Yeah, disobedient children. It's a spirit. Your problem is not what you've done. Your problem is a spirit. Amen. You walk, we all, though. Amen. We all walked or had our conversation or the way we lived in time past. In the lust of our flesh, Satan anointing our flesh and our lust and our desires, fulfilling the desires of flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature, by our first nature, sin nature, ruling us, the children around, even as others. I've been where you are. But I'm telling you, you don't have to remain that way. But God, hallelujah, there's another equation. There's another equation, but God, but God, but for God, where would you be? But for him, where would you be? But for him, but God, who is what? Rich in mercy, rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Hallelujah. Even when we were dead in sin, he had made us alive together with Christ. And it's by his favor, his grace, that he saved us. And he has raised us up. Hallelujah. We're not a part of the fallen world. He raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in a position of authority and sonship in Christ Jesus. Stand to your feet and worship God. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. You're in church. Worship him. Amen. Bring the musicians on. Hallelujah. The anointing I'm under right now, I'll preach until midnight. Hallelujah. Amen. But 
we are here as serpent bruisers and, and Satan defeaters. We are here to overcome. We are here to rise above. You don't have to be ruled by the spirit of darkness anymore. You can be sons of light. We are in a battle between the sons of light and the children of darkness. Will you bow your head just for a moment? Will you just bow your head just for a moment? Lock in on him just a minute. You know you hadn't really surrendered your life to Christ. But today, it's been told to you there's another world. in it. What chuck your radio and television, telephone, your microwave. It's another world. We have been induced into another world and this message brings another world present. Say it's imagination. Well then what makes these men and women walk different, talk different? I could pick them out and call them by name, men and women that was once darkness. God turned their life around. What changed them from darkness to life? What changed them? Why, why did the atmosphere change? How come it took thieves and sex perverts and drunkards and dumpers? Change them in the sons of God. What come it took men and women who couldn't keep their clothes on and lived in every kind of adulterous situation made real gentlemen and women out of them? How come it is that it makes real fathers out of men? How come it is? It's because the atmosphere was changed. We once walked in another atmosphere. That atmosphere, you smoked, you drank, you lied, you cussed, you committed every kind of sin there was. And I'll tell you, Satan, there's sometimes no depth to what he'll take a person. But you don't have to stay that way and you don't have to go that direction. If you're here this morning and you say, I've made little professions of faith and whatever, but sincerely today, I just want to lift a hand toward God and say, Remember me in your kingdom. I really want you to be enthroned in my heart. Would you just lift your hand to God right now? That's right. That's right. That's right. I really want that. I want it. I don't want to be a pretend or make, make believe. I want to be for real. God to change me from the inside out. Just starting today. Amen. Transformation. If Satan can transform himself into angels of light, he said, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of, my, of your mind. Right now, the atmosphere can begin to change and heaven can come down into this little earthly frame of yours. Amen. Birth a son or daughter of God and make you a real Christian. I've labored my heart. Listen, I've been in battle. I have fought wars. I have fought demons this week. 
I've been in the pit, but I have slayed demons. I'm not here to lose, I'm here to win. Let's win right now. Let's win right now. Let's win right now. Let's be a winner right now. I'm going to tell you, you stay on the side you've been on, you're on the losing side. You'll be defeated because Satan and his angels lose the battle. It is the children of God that will prevail. Father, in the name of Jesus, I commit every soul to you right now, Lord, as things have been called out and spoke about. Amen. I rebuke every spirit of the enemy, every spirit of darkness that hangs over these men and women, but try to hold them back from salvation. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. <laughs> uh, God, you can't even save them against their will. They got a will. They got to make a surrender. Lord, you don't even save against their will. So now, Lord, may these that have made a move toward you, you said, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Move on their behalf, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. That little move of faith right there. It's pulling down mountains. That little move of faith right there is moving atmospheres, taking doubt and fears and unbelief away. Hallelujah. Let's worship him a minute. Mercy rewrote my life. It was mercy that rewrote my life.
And even if two minutes ago, a dark spirit just left you by your confession. Right now, by your confession, you're free from it and you're a child of God. Let's believe right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, your bluff has been called and you have been exposed. And in the name of Jesus, I cast you out of the bodies of these children of God in Jesus' name. Now you're sickness, no matter what your name is, whether it be cancer, whether it be a spirit of deafness like was on Luke, whether it was a spirit of bondage of some way, it's got to go now in the name of Jesus. I command it to go, I take it, and adjure you. Satan, you've lost the battle. You, we've been in battle. We've been in hand-to-hand -hand combat. But right now, I come in the name of Jesus Christ, and I take the weapon of the Word of God, and I command you to leave God's people now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many can thank him right now? How many can praise him right now? How many can feel the spirit of liberty coming over you? How many believes there's a change of atmosphere that's happening in your life right now? Then give God praise with all your heart. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name.